everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 140, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. Joining us as always, the crew, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What is up, Richard? Hey guys, what's up? What is up? Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brew and all-around content creator. What is up, Seth? What's going on, guys? And Chaz, as always, all-around content creator for Magic, focusing on the financial aspect. So, busy week, uh, but not too busy. So, uh, the entire Ixalan set was revealed to us. We did not have that last week. We talked a lot about a lot of different things, but it, surprisingly, the full spoiler was not revealed to us in all of that chaos. Um, so, we're going to give our overall thoughts. I actually had some time to uh, playtest uh, this weekend over you know various digital... Uh, <laughs> platforms that I will, will remain nameless, uh, but um, it was really fun, and, and I think uh, having all of our takes on that would be great, and then we'll just wrap things up with some fish mail, so not a super busy week, we'll keep it a little shorter, but let's just dive right in. Um, gentlemen, we'll start with you, Richard. We have the full set. What do you feel, like, how do you feel about Ixalan now that you, you see everything in front of you? I don't think much has changed. I mean, last week we pretty much had the full set. This past week we had, I think, like two mythics, uh, a few rares, and then all the commons and uncommons. So nothing too crazy. Uh, it's still pirates. It's still dinosaurs. There are some wacky EDH cards, which I'm very excited about. And it's it's still Ixlon. So the real question is, what the standard become post-rotation? And is Dinosaurs going to be an actual deck? Because that's what I'm most interested in. I want to see tribal standard decks come to the forefront again. Uh, so I think you're going to be disappointed, <laughs> Richard. So I, oh. I think that we will have tribal decks in the forefront. But I wrote a whole article this weekend, actually, about the tribal decks. And I think, for the most part, we're probably going to be waiting for rivals of Ixalan this winter. Like, if you look at the tribes... Vampires and Merfolk almost certainly don't have enough pieces to be a full force tribal deck yet. Dinosaurs sort of do, but I don't know how tribal they are. It's not like they have a Lord or that many Dinosaur Matters cards. Like, you'll probably play a deck with a lot of dinosaurs in it, but I don't know if their creature type will define it. So I think if you want a real tribal deck, you're most likely one for the immediate future. Probably going to be the Pirates, I think, is the one that actually has a shot to be a real tribal deck. Yeah, um, not much has changed for me either, and I'm going to go with Richard here. I still like it. I still think it's going to have a really positive impact on Standard. And I was just t- talking to Seth about this, uh, right, Seth? We were Before we were recording, that, you know, this is a kind of a pivotal rotation there's so many cards leaving not many cards replacing them and with everything that has happened over the past year all these cards being banned and you know just a lot of these cards that people have grown to you know maybe probably grown tired of at this point are gone i think it's gonna be really fresh and and i have a few notes and just some general uh takeaways from what i was playing so far um and play and play testing that kind of backs that up so yeah i don't know richard i think dinosaurs is like right there and i think this tribal stuff is right there but seth might have a point on the back end of i think we just need one more set of support 
this is this is this is BS, guys. I, I did the Watsi <laughs> survey, and they're like, "Why do you want to play Ixalan?" And I'm like, "Dinosaurs." And they're yeah. like, "What are you most excited about?" And I'm like, "Dinosaurs." <laughs> so next set, we we better have some small dinosaurs. I guess we need kind of like the the small small Jawsy they made in Battle for Zendikar to actually give you a curve, because right now all the good dinosaurs are expensive and. You're going to play them like a Gear Hulk or something. Kind of just top your curve, finish the game, but it's not all in dinosaurs. We're going to need some 2-1s and 1-1 dinosaurs to get the true tribal feeling going. Yeah, and and that's really... That is really the issue, and that's what we really do have to hope for, because in in place of these smaller dinosaurs... I mean, there are a couple that are, are pretty good, but then it's like you're you're jeopardizing your your top end to play smaller dinosaurs when you just want to be ramping into your top end it's like a very weird it's very weird deck building and i didn't get to see your article yet said so i apologize so maybe you take came at it a different way but the way i played it i mean you're playing your cost reduction uh creatures the zero the one mana zero three the two mana one two that gives other dinosaurs haste yeah a lot of them have haste anyway so it's like kind of weird uh and then you're playing, so you could have like a really explosive starts. The problem is, is when you do get your explosive dinosaur, you know, your larger dinosaur out ahead of the curve, you know, five mana, five, five trample haste is pretty good. Then they drop Verter's Gear Hulk and you're like, oh, uh, this, this is a problem because I still have a zero mana, a one mana, zero three and a one, two, <laughs> you know? So it's like. They have a Winding Constrictor, a Rishgar, a Verter's Gear Hulk. You have a 5-5 Trample Haste that you got out pretty quickly, but so did they because they have Rishgar and Winding Constrictor. So that that's kind of always the issue that I ran into. Some games I could steal. Some games, even with ramping into the higher-end dinosaurs, like I still ran into a problem of I, I just can't close this game out because I can't push through any more damage. Yeah, I think... I think that's why you want to be, like, the ramp deck. That's where I see dinosaurs, is being, like, take the Eldrazi ramp decks, replace the Eldrazi with, like, 12 of the biggest dinosaurs, and then you have a deck. Like, maybe you can play Ripjaw Raptor as kind of, like, a mid-range blocker, but when it comes to being, like, an aggressive deck, it's just hard for me to picture that dinosaurs can be more aggressive than like constrictor or ramenomp red or be a better value deck than team or energy so i think they're in a weird place as far as being a more aggressive like mid-rangey deck i think their competitive advantage is just like going over the top in a ramp deck blowing up everything with awakening sun's avatar maybe getting a lot of value with gishath i think that's where dinosaurs really shine Carnage Tired is pretty sweet, though. I'm not going to lie. Wait, wait, wait. Can someone explain <laughs> to me why this was a $20 card? Is there some, like, secret secret deck here? Am I missing something? Yeah, you didn't see it on MTG Arena, the, the live stream? <laughs> I, you play your Carnage Tyrant, <laughs> you give it double strike with uh, some moot, and you pretty much one-shot them. I think that is mostly because it's <laughs> insanely good against Gear Hulk decks. It yeah, dodges... Yeah. Uh, hour of devastation uh, you can't really beat it there's no blessed alliance anymore so why i think it it's just like a, the control why is it better killer. than a gear hulk though because you can't target it's like hexproof but a, a stacked gear hulk can take it on well i mean i guess two gear hulks could block it no you just abrade their gear hulk or that i don't i'm not see- i'm seeing people playing this it just getting uh 
you know, it enters a battlefield and then they untap and like fumigate or whatever, and there goes your six. <laughs> they really mana. don't. Though. Like I don't, really I don't, don't see though. this. Well, maybe maybe later on, but right now it's strong because that's not really what they're doing. They're not fumigating now. I see. Like it's so th- it's this all is these mid range mirror tech where exactly. your seven six is yeah. going to hopefully carry you through, but I just don't see it. There's just so much. Well, they beef. can't interact with it, which is really tough. And you do have the option of. I mean, it is really like wacky, but. I mean, I have seen it. Like, and it's it's pretty scary once it happens. Like, you 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 immediately write it off because like Samut is so bad. But then if it does happen, it's like I don't know what to do now. I'm like pretty much gonna lose. Cast fog. <laughs> can't can't block it profitably. I don't know if I could just straight up take 14 damage, and I don't I can't do anything to it. So this is like super big boggles. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like literally seven, big boggles. Six X proof, just give it double strike. Hey, hey, listen, giant six growth mana, while you're like, at it. That's a one shot kill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was it in in uh, Almonquette Limited? The the crocodile. I mean, that thing was a a nightmare. Yeah, especially if you had Samet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do we have a teamer battle rage? Uh, no, I don't. Nothing that gives trample nothing? and double strike. Well, we just—I guess we just need double strike because Carnage Tyrant has trample already. I'm sure there's yeah. something that gives double strike in standard. I mean, something remotely playable. I'll, yeah, because I'll have to check. Yeah, I saw that there was like so many different versions. There was like a red white version, then there was a Naya version, and I think the best one is the green red version because then they just go. They go cost reduction, the the two mana one two, and then it's basically a five drop that you can give haste already with the with the one two. So it's really not that bad. I mean it was it was pretty interesting. Alright. And then they I, used I'll um, believe it was... when I see when I see the Pro Tour being dominated <laughs> by big dumb green creatures at six mana. But it's a dinosaur it's like Richard. The this is of what Crawler. you're dreaming of. I mean, <laughs> I want it to be good, but I don't. I just don't see twenty dollars. But it's a dinosaur. You should. You should be rooting for it. Ah, but it's not coming with friends. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think it's twenty dollars. Yeah. I want to see. I hit you for six. <laughs> <laughs> Slap a whole I, bunch of dinosaurs on the battlefield deck. I gotta say, I I don't know why Carnage Tyrant is that expensive, but I'll tell you this much: that Ripjaw Raptor is every much worth every penny. That card is ridiculous. <laughs> It's so good. I mean, Jace is also like up there, so people may not be entirely, <laughs> entirely yeah. rational at the moment. I think, yeah. Well, whatever price tag Ripjaw Raptors at, it's probably a reasonable one at this point because that card is really good. I think everyone's got to remember too, from a financial perspective, this is the first set in a while where we haven't had masterpieces, and yep, that's going to mean rares, mythics, all that kind of stuff is a lot more expensive. Like I was looking at the set, and I think there's four mythics and two rares that are between like 13 and 20 dollars right now now when in the past masterpiece sets we might have maybe two and zero rares and sometimes even just like one mythic in that price range so i think that it's going to take some adjusting for everyone to remember what it's like price wise without having masterpieces to soak up some of the value yeah i i mean we have the data i mean looking back at shadow's uh, block is is really good um like a really good base and what we saw there i think is is similar to what we're seeing now but i think what's going to happen is very similar to what happened with shadows is like a musical chairs kind of happens like s- different cards literally just trade price tags as 
one is deemed not as not as competitive people thought, and then other cards are you know figured out. So, if for instance, like growing rights of Itlamok is like a big thing or something like that, then that price tag will probably hold. Um, but Jace will drop so, as people realize how drop. horrible it is. Right. <laughs> right. Or, you know, Hawatli will be like $15 for something for some reason, and Vraska will be the $2, you know. The Tezzeret schemer of uh, this set. <laughs> all right. Question for you guys. Now that we've seen all of the legendary enchantment flip into land cards. What's your take on the mechanic? Do you think these cards are viable and standard? Are they legitimate cards, or are they a cool gimmick for EDH? I th- I don't know if they're... A- oh, go ahead. Seth. I go think ahead. that they have potential to be legitimate. I actually think they do. I think that it depends on the card. I think that some are more viable than others, but the payoff is really good on most of them, and... For most of them, the front half is decent enough on its own that I think you're not embarrassed to have it in your deck. Like, none of them are so bad on the front half that they're unplayable. They're probably slightly worse than where you would want them to be if there was no back half on the card. But I think that they're good enough that probably most of them will see standard play in their standard life, I think. Yeah, they're definitely good enough for standard. Um, I don't know if the, about gimmicks and EDH. I think they're just solid cards. But uh, I did see some numbers of Legion's Landing. Uh, the blue one seems strong to me. The red one, even though I made a joke about Sheevan Gorge, it's definitely not Sheevan Gorge. It's definitely a little bit better than that. Like People actually played Outpost Siege, and you have the option of it turning into a viable threat. So that, to me, just seems fine. Uh, I, I don't know where they slot in early on because again i i just saw a lot of the oldie like i feel like people are going to lean on what they already know and that's that's fine when there's new rotations and stuff like that i don't know if any of those cards are going to be overpowering like winding constrictor verterous gear hulks like team or energy decks but i think over time people will find that they they do generate a lot of value yeah i actually like all of them except the green one the guy's cradle one i don't it's going to be tough and standard, but they remind me yeah. very much of the Theros gods. You you play them, they do something, and eventually something good happens. And I like all of them. I would put all of them in my deck, except the green one, because the green one seems like it's some kind of combo deck. And traditionally, we yeah. don't have enough consistency for combo in standard, but maybe you'll see it in modern. But the other cards, I would just play for their front halves. I mean... People played Outpost Siege, like you said. People played Thassa just just to scry, right? Like with the with very little upside of turning her on or uh, greed stuff like that. So I would actually play. <coughs> excuse me, I would play these cards, and my favorite one is the black one. I think uh, if I build really? a control deck, interesting. It's going to have black in it, and you just get so greedy, and you get rewarded as you're about to die. It flips, and you, like, sacrifice your wall and gain your life back. So I actually really like the, I like the black one. So even even if you're going control and you had the choice between the black one and the blue one, you would still go black? I would think I would go You'd black. You still choose the black enchantment? Yeah, because oh, I think wow. the blue one is a bit slow for aggro decks and i don't know if you want to be impulsing fair enough when you you know when you flip i don't know what you need to impulse anymore against aggro decks 
And in the control mirror, I'd rather just straight up draw cards, like, forever. So I actually like the, the black one more. But maybe it's too risky as, you know, ramming up red just slams your face in as you're trying to draw cards. You might not make it anywhere, so... The blue one seems really good in modern. I, because you see decks in there, like, I can't even count the number of times that decks turn to Gurmag Angler you in modern. Like, it's so easy to Thoughtseize Fetchland, Thought Scour, and all of a sudden you have that Impulse Land going, and that seems just like so much value in any sort of control deck where you're leaving up your Cryptics and Remands and Paths and then just digging on the end of your opponent's turn. I mean, people play Desolate Loot House to loot for the same amount of mana, so I don't know why you wouldn't play that in Modern. I think maybe several of them. I think the blue one and the green one are definitely better in modern than they are in standard. And the white one might see play in modern too. Like, I think it's a really strong cycle all around. Yeah, and remember, you rampant growth yourself randomly when you flip this thing, right? So you actually get an extra land when this happens. So it makes it even more strong. Yeah, the 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 white one flips really a lot faster than you think, especially with um, Monument. It got scary pretty fast. <laughs> I'll just tell you. Like there was like suddenly like five creatures on the battlefield, and I was like, "Well, uh, they only have to attack. Doesn't matter if I block and kill them." And now I have to deal with this thing. Yeah. The other- and and you can't because I don't have my Star of Extinction, so there's there's no way for me to take it out. The nice thing about the white one and the <laughs> <laughs> and the green one is they naturally get around the legendary thing too, like Oath of Nissa, where you don't really mind legend ruling yourself. It's kind of a fine thing to do so you don't really get punished for playing them in multiples when the red one i think and even the black one that's the biggest risk like yeah you're drawing extra cards but if you're drawing more legendary permanents you can't cast it kind of like takes away from the card draw a little bit uh my tarmogoyfs are ready they're ready to be five sixes (laughs) it's like nice search for Azkanta. abrupt decay hits you for like six my tarmogoyfs Or it's nice. a good way to turn on your own delirium if you want to be traversing or something because it's an enchantment in your graveyard. So there's actually upside there too. Uh, another card uh, I really thought was was pretty good when I saw it, and obviously I didn't need a reason to like it because it was green. But the scavenger dinosaur is actually pretty good. It, it's, it's just a lot of incidental value over the course of the game. This is the one that eats something when it enters the battlefield or attacks, right? Yeah. This, so this is the. Two and a green, it's a 3-2. Yep. And when it enters the battlefield, you can munch a creature and either gain two life or gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So it was like, it was was just a pretty good card. And I think that, I think that's the role Ixalan is going to play, maybe, probably early on. Now, I'm not discounting any decks, like, formed with a lot of Ixalan cards happening, like Pirates or something like that. But I think we'll see something similar to like Hour of Devastation where early on it just played a very uh, kind of a supportive role or a complementary role with all these cards. Because you have you have a lot of stuff to choose from. You have like Spell Pierce, Duress, Opt, all these cards, uh, whether in their sideboard, the main board. Um, and that's kind of where I see it going. And then we'll start to see like... We saw the God Pharaoh's gift deck and, you know, stuff like that. So I think it might take a little bit of time, but not too much time. Speaking of Opt, we didn't discuss this, did we? What do you guys make of Opt in Standard and in Modern, apparently? 
Yeah, you're right. First time in modern. Um, I did not see them, and I I didn't really play modern on on it. Uh, where I was playing, <laughs> <laughs> caught myself. <laughs> but yeah. So I, one blue I don't know what to instant make of it speed yet. scry one draw a card. So a cantrip, but you get to scry first. It's pretty good, I think. I think it's as good as cantrips get in standard. I think that's just like max cantrip power. I don't, and it might even be that it's good to the point where wizards doesn't put it in standard again. This feels like the test cantrip to see how bad a cantrip can be and still break standard. And it still just might be too good for standard. What about serum opt? Draw a card, then scribe one. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) So does this just, does this supplant? Serum vision. I don't see you. You get the immediate answer quicker, but it's less scrying power. But it's instant speed. So I don't. I don't know how modern players feel about this. Ah, see, because that would be interesting. Because if it's not, then what do we have to worry about? There's actually like because then uh, maybe some like storm deck or whatever. I I leave that to other people or other players that figure that out. But because I don't I don't play those decks. I don't know. Like, do you use that? Do they even use that at all? Like, would they even care if it's instant? I think Storm definitely would play it from... I've seen Storm players saying that they would definitely play Op. So I think they're going to play it. I don't know how much being instant speed actually matters, but just another one-mana cantrip is something they would put in their deck. And it might be better than the next best option, even if it's not better than Serum Visions. It might be better than Sleight of Hand, quite possibly. So, uh, so I think it shows up in Storm. I tend to think that Serum Visions is still better in most decks. I would rather get a card deeper the next turn, I think, but some people disagree with that. There's actually a really big debate. So I think it'll be interesting to see where it shakes out. Yeah, because you can turn to Opt, right? You have the option of holding two mana, remanding your mana leak, and if they do nothing, then you can Opt or you can, uh, I was going to say swords, but Path to Exile opt or Lightning Bolt opt uh, at instant speed, which you cannot do with with Serum Vision. So, but, you know, turn one opt is obviously a lot less powerful than turn one Serum Visions. So, so I don't know. It's it's a debate, and it'll be interesting. And I think pe- some people might, might take the easy way out and go 2-2 or something as they <laughs> test it out between Serum Visions and opt, but... <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's instant. Instant means a lot more, I think. It's definitely better yeah. with Delver, too, since you can upkeep it to flip your Delver. So there's oh, there's true, upside yeah. in certain decks. Ooh. But I think I think control decks would still play Serum Visions, but I think Delver decks and combo decks might go with Opt. Is it Serum or Serum? Like, I'm getting... It is Serum, right? Or Serum? I, I say I always, Serum. I never got that. I say Serum. All right, so Serum. But I don't know. <laughs> sure. I think I mispronounced it a few times, but that's all right. We'll we'll get comments about that anyway. <laughs> we always mess, mess stuff up on this cast. But yeah, uh, that is interesting. I did not think about maybe the Delver interaction actually just makes it get there. Because that is pretty interesting. Hmm. I guess we'll see. I don't know if people are testing it already. I don't know if there's like a really big consensus on it yet. I, I think that's something that will take uh, a little bit of time to figure out. So before we move on to, you know, just kind of spouting out stuff, uh, but let's, let's get down to it. We're a little ways away. I mean, pro tour, they moved back. 
So, R- Richard, you are definitely... You need dinosaurs to be successful. Okay, if dinosaurs are pirates one of them like if merfolk or okay. vampires show up like no one cares right the new tribes <laughs> have to be successful okay. so but not uh, too successful you don't want emrakul you don't want Ethermix marvel <laughs> but you, they have right. to show up and not just unlimited okay seth what are you hoping for either early on leading up into the pro tour like what do you want to see happen with ixalan um i'm gonna go with pirates that's the tribe i've been most excited for and after we actually have all the cards now it looks like the tribe that i will have the most fun playing so i'm rooting for some sort of tier pirate deck just to develop into like a fairies delver like tempo slash control archetype that's what i want to see happen all right and down to it favorite mythic favorite rare richard Axis of Mortality. So that's. <laughs> Did you just pick the first one that you saw on the spoiler page? No, Richard? I really <laughs> like it. It's four white white. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may have two target players exchange life totals. Like this is the ultimate political card in EDH, and you can you can you can walk back your political line. You can switch players' life totals, and then the next turn switch them again. So I actually really like switching life totals. Uh, I think Seth and I tried it in a team game once, and we never got <laughs> we never got the uh, switching life total theme to work correctly. But we basically played a deck where I I got my life as close to one as possible, and then Seth would switch my life with someone else. It didn't work, but Axis Mortality would help. So that's my favorite card. I don't I care see. about Jason Raska. I want Axis of Mortality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, rare. Rares. I haven't had much time to think about this one. Mm. Should we circle Let's back? circle back. Okay. Seth. I actually don't think the Mythics from this set are that good, impressive overall, but I'm going to go with the Dark Hours in Tishana Voice of Thunder. It's probably not competitive but it's so many cards that i can draw so i'm gonna just go and it even gives me no maximum hand size so i break the i have to discard all the cards i draw at the end of my turn rule (laughs) so it's just everything i like to do all wrapped up in a really expensive dirtily card and panharmonicon like think of that with panharmonicon it passes the panharmonicon test i thought you were gonna go with the seven seven dinosaur What's up with that? I actually like that card, too, but that's that's more of a spiky card. As far as oh, rares, okay, okay. I'm going uh, going with the Ruin Raiders still. I think that's the best card I, in the set. Is, I, that's a very good card, yeah. Um, I, I was torn on this. I didn't know if I should go like the safe, like spiky route or just cards that I like. Uh, I, I just tended to go the, the spiky safe route on this one. I'm going Jace and Ripdraw Rip Raptor. Because those cards are just nuts. Well, definitely Ripjaw Raptor. I don't know about Jace yet, but I don't want to be. I don't want to be the one that's like it, you. Know, this cast of being like a couple weeks. See, they said it was bad, and it was like five dollars, and now it's like thirty five dollars, and it's like taking over standard. So we have to have that balance. <laughs> All right, I found I found the card. Uh, I we talked okay. about it. The, the flip rare. black card, Argul's Bloodfast. Uh, but we talked okay, about that one. Go. Revel and Riches. We talked about that a few weeks back. Ooh, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. going to be auto-included in all my EDH decks. I just like... Yeah, I just it's a really like fun card. really greedy black cards. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Um, so that's it. That that wraps up our discussion on Ixalan. Uh, we will have a lot more discussions once. Uh, well, the pre-release is going to happen. Uh, I believe this weekend, and you know, finally, Ixalan is going to be standard legal, and a whole big rotation is going to happen. It's going to be great. Has anyone made a custom deck box that's a that's a treasure chest yet? Ooh. Any? No. 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 No one's on it. I haven't seen any Reddit posts about this. Oh. This seems like a, a, like a snap anything? snap do here. You make a little treasure chest. You show up at pre-release. You open it up. Your tokens are like gold coins. It'd be so sweet. <laughs> Did, did, are they doing anything interesting for the pre-releases? Like, are, are they doing something similar to uh, what we saw? What was it? Like, Gen, like Gen Con or whatever? You have to, like, go and dig out your prize with a shovel or something like that and, like, pull the tomb open. <laughs> I don't think they're ever going to do that. Your, get your bolus to start digging out his, uh, his gods. <laughs> yeah. Did, no, they, did, did, they said like, they were bury... dinosaur packs or something. That's not for pre-release, though. Oh, they, they, oh yeah, that's probably for leagues, right? Is it? They did announce they're doing dino-sized drafts in, I think it's the end of October. So it's it's for some reason going to be four-pack draft events instead of the typical three-pack draft event. So I know they did announce that as sort of a promotional thing for the set. So, so what does dino-sized mean? Is that like oversized commander card size? No, you just get one more pack. <laughs> You get four packs oh. for your oh, wait, for what? your draft instead of three. Yeah, this is terrible. I thought we were actually getting like cool cards. <laughs> no, same cards, just one nope. more of them, slightly you, more of them. This is just four pack draft. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is terribly unexciting. <laughs> I thought we were gonna get like oversized dinosaurs, and you would try to get you know the legendary ones for well, for your EDH decks. You can win posters of art inspired by Exelon. So there's probably sweet dinosaur posters that we haven't seen the art from yet that are fa- flavorfully tied to Exelon, but I, that's it's still not dino-sized, really. It's just cool posters in one more pack. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, okay. So looking forward to that. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, Fishmail, yes. if you have questions, yeah, send them to goldfish with the hashtag MDGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions. First question, Zadine T. Rocket. In your opinion, why does WotC print unsupported playstyles like land destruction in Standard? They do? So I guess yeah, the question is, is why do they print really bad land destruction cards if they don't really oh. want people destructing lands, destroying lands? I mean... I don't know that is a very good question like if, if the archetype is not going to be supported why print unefficient land destruction cards i mean i guess it's because they have to have some sort of answer to all these like flip lands and stuff like that um whether they're very good or not i mean just look at star of extinction i don't know so there's not many ways to actually get rid of those lands and i think that's fine because they people don't like their lands being destroyed anyway so i guess it's, it's just all it's all good and i think they like it's not that they don't want these things to exist like they want you to be able to build this horrible everything's five mana land destruction spell like they're perfectly fine with that and they want people to be able to do that but they don't want those strategies to be seeing play in tournaments or anything. So I think that they they still want to support it enough that if you really love land destruction and you want to build a standard legal 
kitchen table land destruction deck that it's a thing you can do, but they want to make sure it's watered down enough that it's not going to be winning the next GP or something. All right, next question. Random Dark Rider, what do you think about Skyship Plunderer come Ixalan? Works with Jace, Landmark Counters, etc. Hey, I like it. I thought I brought that up, that or Seth brought it up, and I co-signed. I think that's a pretty sweet card. So I actually researched this week if Thrummingbird ever saw play when it was legal and standard. It did not. And the answer was it sort of did a tiny bit, but it was mostly yeah. because it was with Grand Architect, so you could tap it for two mana Ooh. to cast Worm Coil Engine, so it was kind of like a two mana ramp spell rather than a proliferator, so... I think it could be fun, build around me type card, but I would be surprised if it's like a, a tier type card or strategy. I just played with this card. Is it a 1 2 or two, a 2 1? One one? One. But it's still a 2 1 flying. Like, that's not even that yeah, bad. I think it's good enough if, if you have planeswalkers in your deck. Like, this just could be good enough, right? Giving you an extra loyalty. It actually, because we talked about this, um, Seth, it was, it was kind of easy to splash into red. Um, because it doubles, it it starts giving you more energy counters for your Aether Hubs, too. So it's actually, it makes it really easy to cast your stuff. It's a good point. Hmm. Well, yeah. well maybe we'll see it happen. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, yeah, Thrumming Bird, I guess it did saw, see Fringe play. You're right. Hmm. All right, next question from Maester Laka. Any tips on preparing for Nationals? Pretty excited slash nervous. Um, I guess just test as much as you can. And then the the kind of the life stuff is make sure you get sleep and that you're hydrated um i i know it's easy to get nervous but if you're if you rest up and you are hydrated it really does make a difference i've definitely done tournaments where and this was a long time ago i mean i can't even remember the last time i was at a gp i think it was like 16 or something and i just did not i didn't sleep like we were up because we were like we were kids in high school and uh it, was, it definitely affected how I played. Yeah, we've never been to Nationals, so <laughs> no no solid advice. Yeah. Uh, just show up at the venue early, right. is, I guess, my guess. You don't want to be too. panicking at the last minute trying to like find parking and find where you're supposed to be. So show up early, get a coffee, relax, and uh, play some Magic. Uh, next question, Rigu1U5. Do you think Watsi will try to recreate the secondhand market they could have boosters and singles more expensive. Is this in reference to Arena? I, I, I would think so. Yeah. Um, I don't think they are going... Even though we got a lot of comments last week about this, actually. I, I don't know if they're... Like, I could see it working, but I don't think they're going the method of Pokemon TCG, like with the codes and stuff. I think they'd rather just be have it kind of be like Hearthstone, where you're... People are buying packs, but you're buying pretty much buying packs from them, and you're buying like drafts and all that stuff. But I could see them bridging the gap like that. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it could happen. I I, I think it could work. Uh, I mean, I would prefer that to the Hearthstone model. I think that would make it easier to acquire cards. But yeah, I don't know. I think based on everything we've heard, it sounds like Hearthstone is the direction they're pushing. They haven't said that specifically, but if you just pick up on uh, like all the little hints and the things they say in interviews, it sounds like Hearthstone has definitely had a major influence on what they're thinking right now about it. I think the the reason why you see things the way they are today at Moto is Wizards was very afraid of getting labeled as some kind of gambling 
device. So now that Hearthstone has been out with their model for a while and they're not being sued left and right, you know, for gambling, I think Wizards will just copy it, right? Because there, there is some trick to paying out prizes, but it's not gambling and converting cards to money and stuff like that. And Hearthstone yeah. has dodged all of this, so I think Wizards will just follow. Well, Pokemon pretty much did, right? I, don't, I haven't heard anything crazy come out of there. Yeah, but Hearthstone is much bigger than Pokemon, I think. No, no, I, I get that, but... I, I think because they have the paper aspect, like, obviously, I'm just taking what Seth said, and I lean towards that, too. I think that's a better way to bridge the two mediums, but I think they're going the the route of Hearthstone because people just know that. They're already acquainted with that. So, yeah. as much as I, I do think one way would be more successful, I'm not, you know, adverse to them going this way because I've, I've I'm someone that has been pushing them to try and go this route too because they they need any kind of digital platform so whatever they're doing i i, I think all right, be all right. here's the question let's say there is no pokemon model right you just buy straight up like hearthstone packs at one dollar okay. a pack or you can get codes in your paper boosters and and trade them in but if you want to buy the packs normally they're two dollars does that even make any sense i don't know <laughs> But but like no, if so they give saying... like say the pricing is different depending on whether or not they give you the codes, right? Because if they just give you right. the codes, they're so, losing money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. So keep the keep the current pricing of the pack, but put the code in it, or lower the pi- price of the current pack too. Wait, the paper pack. Well, the paper. I'm assuming the paper price doesn't change. No, but because what I'm saying is, if they don't. For that to work, the only other way to get cards in MTG Arena is you're essentially paying more, right, to go this route. But either so you either play paper, but you also want to play Arena, so you're basically buying the pack anyway, or you just go full Arena and you're getting a discount to essentially get into the game. But you well, don't play paper. It's got to be the paper. other way, then, right? It's got to be the Arena right. pack is more expensive, but you have the option of buying a paper booster and getting a code in it. I think yeah. I think they'll do codes, but I think it's more likely that they're codes for a certain promo or something. I I mean, I guess okay. we'll see, but that would be my guess. They kind of tried that a little bit on Magic Online and then went away from it. But I think that there will be codes, but I don't know if it'll just be like, oh, you get a free pack every time you buy a pack in paper. I think it'll be more toned down than that. Here's a skin or here's a new playing field. Yeah, they used to actually do that for mo. You're right. Um, like you would win the cards, and they're like, "Here's a you know an avatar for whatever," and you like enter the code, and like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I never played it, so I was like, whatever. All right, next question. K next like twelve was looking at mythics. It feels like iconic masters is a master level core set, uh, and what you guys are hoping for will be in masters twenty five. So ma- that's fine. I mean, listen. We got a lot of comments about this too. I think overall we all said it, like, it was fine. It was no one's really complaining about what was in it. We it was from the start that like th- we were expecting not this to be like iconic masters and put Shivan dragons and Sengir vampires in there. But if you're gonna push it and promote it and market it that way, then it wasn't successful because you didn't have any of those cards at any rarity. I mean you. We talked about this yesterday, with me and you, Richard. Like, you didn't put Sengir Vampire... Like, you couldn't put that in as a common. I mean, that card's pretty much a common at this point. Uh, like Sarah Angel. And 
I think over a couple of the other cars that they included, it wouldn't have made a huge difference. So they didn't really throw enough in there to say, oh, look, this is Iconic Masters. Look at all these Iconic cards. But who knows? Other people brought up that it's Iconic to different generations of players. I could buy that maybe. Like there's Thragtusk, there's Restoration Angel. Those two were a huge combo for a large part of the game, you know, a few years ago. So, okay, I get that. Maybe it was Iconic Masters for, you know, up to like five or ten years ago or eight years ago and not like all the way back to, you know, the dark and stuff like that. All those older cards. Well, to jump on the second part of the question, I will be super disappointed if 25th Anniversary Masters isn't like when they did the From the Vault 20, where you had stuff from each age. Like, I want to see old school stuff. You can have the new stuff too, but I feel like it needs to, the archetypes and the decks and the cards have to really span all of Magic's history and not be another Modern Masters with a couple of old mythics thrown in for uh, to sell packs or whatever. So I think they really need to make it feel like it encompasses the whole game for 25th Anniversary Masters to to be a success from a flavor standpoint. Like, it'll be a success because it'll have good reprints, but I think it needs to do more as far as the flavor by hitting everything. I mean, I think Iconic Masters showed us the death of Singer Vampire. <laughs> like, basically, <laughs> you're not going to see these cards in bulk in any set anymore. You'll see, you know, once in a while, it'll be in Welcome Deck 2018 or something, but... I think when Watsy revisits old stuff, they just want kind of like the the feel of it, but not the actual literal cards. So I don't think we're going to get like a literal Juggernaut or a literal Sarah Angel or anything like that. But you might get Archangel Avacyn or something just named differently, right? That feels like Sarah Angel, but fits within today's design parameters. Yeah, because and they're, it seems like they are going that way because you can't tell me like certain like wing shards like who how is that iconic i don't even remember yeah it was like a decent card in standard but i i wouldn't call that iconic so i get it it's fine i didn't me personally i don't really care it was an overall successful set and i I think a overwhelming majority of players don't really care anyway as long as they're getting good reprints so the point is really moot all right next question true semicolon how does anyone beat hazaret in the standard uh exile it you got cast outs. We have Veraska's Contempt now. So I think that those type of removal spells will be at a premium. Although it's a little concerning that we lost Grasp of Darkness, which was the most efficient way to do it, and didn't really get a cheap exiling replacement. So it'll be interesting to see if Hazra is even better because the best answers are four mana now. Yeah, um, it was it was pretty tough to deal with that. Pretty much it's cast out and not much else. All right, Jesse Pippin, has there been a budget magic deck that you enjoyed so much that you came back to play? Which one and why? So I actually read this question earlier and was thinking about it. And for me, it's more certain cards, I guess, that I keep coming back to. Panharmonicon is one of them in all formats. Uh, Sphinx's Tutelage was that for a while. We haven't played that in a while, though. So it's not very often that I go back to the exact same deck, but I come across these cards that I like, and I stick with those cards and keep playing them in slightly different tweaked builds over and over again. I play 8 Whack once in a while. 
<laughs> I, I just love me some eight rack goblins. Sometimes I try to spice it up by splashing a different color and like increasing its budget Ooh. by like five hundred dollars and making it worse. But <laughs> <laughs> I, like I got these tarmagoids. I might as well. <laughs> I mean, you 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 need double red so badly in the deck, but but you can just splash all these colors because it's modern and you do whatever you want. <laughs> Uh, next question Sinfantismal Seth love your content especially against the odds have you ever heard that you sound like Gene from Bob's Burger um, people tell me sometimes that I sound like a cartoon character but I don't think I've specifically heard Gene from Bob's Burgers so that's a new one you do kind of sound like Gene <laughs> I've never watched Bob's Burgers and now I gotta go watch oh, it's a great show it is a good show Next question. DJazzy, I agree IMA wasn't all iconic, but maybe master sets should be draft a cube slash reprints minus eternal minus modern. I mean, that's kind of what they uh, are now. They just yeah. name them poorly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after modern masters, like, what do we call this? I don't know. Just slap a random adjective on it. But it really is just cube cards and reprints and stuff they needed to fit somewhere yeah and there's nothing wrong with that i mean i again i i, I haven't really cared <laughs> i don't think I'm most people you, just do call either. it like masters and put the year in <laughs> masters 2017 masters 2018 maybe you're right richard I, I i wasn't super into that idea but now i'm definitely moving to at least lukewarm that that would probably just be better Baldwin Man 3, have any standard cards surprised you by seeing play in modern or older formats? I think the biggest recent one for me is Walking Ballista. I Not so much that it sees a little play, but when that first came out, there's no way I thought it would be like a top 10 creature in modern. There's I would have never guessed that. Yeah, Walking Ballista is pretty good. Uh, it... Yeah, I would say that's probably a good reason. Yeah, modern is just so open. You see random random standard cards all the time. But my favorite has been yep. seeing... Uh, what was it? It was... What was that teamer standard deck with Sarkin in it? Was it Sarkin? Who was the Planeswalker? What? One day at FNM, at FNM at our store, you have standard followed by modern. So someone showed up late to standard. So they registered their standard deck in modern... And they almost won in three games against my friend's Jeskai control deck. And I forgot, it was like some kind of teamer deck with like planeswalkers, and you're holding like a lightning bolt, and you can't kill anything because it, all the standard creatures are five fives, right? And um, what? Oh, which, which standard? This was like a couple months ago. But it's hilarious. With Sarkhan. That can't have been was a it Sarkin? couple months ago. What, what is, what's like a gold planeswalker? Yeah, it was probably the Sahili team or Sarkin. Oh, copycat. No, no, copycat? Co- copycats, like, you probably think that's a modern deck, too. I mean, Teamer Sarkin was a while ago, but there was a Teamer Sarkin. I think it was that deck. And yeah. I, I remember looking at hands, and it's like, okay, you got a lightning helix, a lightning bolt. He's got six sixes on the other side, and it's just looking <laughs> very bad. And, you're it's like, like the, cryptic, the, you're yeah, like played, bounce, and then they play it again, and you're like, uh. <laughs> it's it's the Nick fit oh, technique. Oh, and, and they played like Savage Knuckleblade and stuff yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because that would be awful to bounce, because it only gets better. 
Because <laughs> then they could dump all their mana into Yeah, it. I guess that's it's right. Like Nick Fit. 8 8 with the haste. whole Nick Fit deck fits mm. here. <laughs> Every time <laughs> yes. you play, they play something in Nick Fit, you're like, I'm going to lose to the standard card. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> standard cards are really good if you get them out like two or three turns earlier than normal. Uh, Desi yep. Nohe, what card do you guys want to see unbanned in modern? Stoneforge Mystic, Twin. Are they safe to unban? Uh. I don't know at this point. I don't really have a preference. If they decide to unban something, great. I I think the list can just stand as it is. I, I'm a lot of that is too good to unban. I would be pretty fine with seeing. I think at the top of my list is twin, Stoneforge Mystic. I'm growing towards that being okay. For a long time, I was like no, unless Batter Skull was banned, but. The more I see Death Shadows and stuff, I'm like, is turn three Batter Skull off of Stoneforge really something I'm scared of at this point? And I don't know if it is. Also, I think that Bloodbraid Elf is one of the most unfairly banned cards. Like, it's really good, but Deathrite, it's Deathrite that was the problem, and, and Bloodbraid paid the penalty for Deathrite sins. You can't go Bloodbraid into, like, Liliana the Veil. Like, that can't happen. That is too good. But then you, you're already dead to Death this Shadow or so Storm. Good. You're seven mana worth of cards and like, so one card? I, actually, since we're on modern bannings, what are the odds that they ban Storm again? I've been noticing Storm is like <laughs> top one or top two deck in modern yep. lately. Like yep. they gotta, they gotta you know, just randomly ban a Storm card, right? <laughs> it'll be like Goblin Electric Electromancer or something like that. Something weird. Uh, I'm, su- I'm surprised I think none of eight you had cost said reduction. Jace. I thought you guys were on the unbanned Jace train no what no definitely i'm not. still on the unbanned um, yeah, well seth is yeah. that's I, I would take any of these cards before right we get there. to jace yeah but i think twin twin yeah, is like safe. even give me give me even like green sun zenith oh, before no, jace geez. As if Coco <laughs> decks aren't turn terrible zero. enough to play against give today. me my turn give me my turn one uh uh rampant growth <laughs> I want my turn one rampant growth back. Um, <sighs> what? It's good. Oh, it's fine. Geez. Over Jace, I think it's fine. Actually, I don't know about that. <laughs> Jace can only go in a certain deck, whereas Green Sun's Eath goes in a lot of decks. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is true. And the... the uh, Dryad Arbor stuff. It's like is just after too much. the Green Sun Zenith for Night of the Reliquary, and you lose that match for the next match, and a, a Primeval Titan kills wow. you. And the next match, uh, an ar- a Dryad Arbor kills you or whatever. <laughs> uh, all right. No, yeah, it's definitely not Jace. Josh Jarmanning, if you could pick one card from the history of Magic to reprint in 25th Anniversary Masters, what is it and why? Any card? Uh, hmm. Well, I got mine. I'm going with uh, with Port. Got to reprint Richard and Port. The, yeah, you have to reprint that The card. main reason, I think, is if that gets reprinted, Death and Taxes becomes not just a really strong legacy deck, but it's pretty close to being, like, budget, or at least budget-friendly enough that that's the deck you're like, oh, you want to get into legacy? Build Death and Taxes. It's pretty much a tier deck, and it's, like, modern prices instead of being, I don't know, car prices. All right, you guys gave, like, a real answer. Yeah. I'm going to go with the fun answer. <laughs> I want to see Baron Singer come back, and I want to see him updated. I want to see Baron Singer with today's mechanics. 
So like a Bloodline Keeper Ooh. type card where, you know, you, you got to do Baron Singer right. It's like such such an iconic, like crazy dude, and it kind of sucks. So <laughs> give him a good card. <laughs> I don't know if he's alive. Is he dead? Um, I have no idea what happened. <laughs> What's going on with the story? I but have no idea. I, bringing back I some know. of the old people, um, but with, you know, updated 2017 rules and playability. Give us a Mishra Planeswalker. Or, what was the other one? No, give us, um, who's the, Urza? Who's the one that, like, Urza. Give us Urza, yeah, that, not Mishra. Urza, Urza plus one I want an Urza Planeswalker. <laughs> yeah, Zero I want an Urza Planeswalker. <laughs> give, give me an Urza Planeswalker, that's what I want. Oh, how crazy would it be is, like, plus one, like, undo the result of the last game of this match. Oh. <laughs> replay. It's like Karn, but you just replay the matches hey, of the hey, game. Hey, 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 come, come back here. Come back. I know you signed the slip, but we, we have to play a new game. It's it's not, that's not what's going on. <laughs> uh, Red and Dark Rider. Uh, thoughts on Rampaging Ferocidon being main deckable. What is this card? That's the Red Hate Dinosaur, the 3-3 three, three minutes. The 3-3, three, three, oh. yeah, can't. Can't gain life whenever another creature enters. I, I think damage. it's good enough. I think it's good enough. I, I I like that card. I'm gonna say yes, but only in specific decks or in specific metas. I don't think you can just yeah. run it all the time. It's not like Ripjaw Raptor is a card that it's just so good no matter what that you'll run it all the time. This is a card that in certain decks that are super aggressive or in certain metas where life gain is really relevant, then I think you can main deck it. Desi no hey, is it just me or does the unstable land or do the unstable lands look a lot like the Samsung S8? <laughs> Still prefer the unhinged ones. So, so the way the way the border wow, looks, is, the, the, the top funny. frame and the bottom frame looks they look like phone the the bevel on your phone. <laughs> yeah. And now that I've seen it, I can't you know, unsee. I did, and then the the foil is you're like the right. Home I can't unsee it icon. now. Oh my god! Yeah, now I can't unsee that. Wait, speaking of which, yeah, do you right. do you guys like or dislike the new art and the new frame? I'm fine with it, but I, I've really grown accustomed to the unhinged and unglued lands, so I don't know. But they look really nice. Uh, maybe it maybe they'll, it'll take a little time to grow on me. I really like them, but I was hoping they'd be a little goofier. They look almost too clean and like I don't know too nice for an unset i was hoping they'd be a little more wacky yeah actually but i think they look amazing I actually just i like the art the art is amazing but i don't like the frames it they look like postcards now they look like actual photos or something instead of magic cards so it's a little weird richard this was your yeah. idea they only just did this I for don't you always have this good ideas idea, okay? like... maybe they should have listened to me because this... <laughs> 20, 25 episodes ago or something like that you're like what about borderless lands and they're like that's this, this reminds do me it. of the Simpson episode where Homer designs the car. It's like maybe you shouldn't have listened to me. Maybe we need a maybe we need a card frame because it looks a little too weird now. Uh, we talked about this from Go Game Show, but I'll shout them out. How do you think Opt from Ixlam will impact Modern, and what decks will benefit the most? And we said Storm. Yeah, see, Storm would like it. Yeah. Already on the fringe of getting banned and getting another piece to play with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Taskmaster 1995, moving into standard. What do you feel will be the best piece of removal or pieces of removal? Yeah, this was a tough one. I, I see 
folks using the four mana of Raska's something? I can't remember now. Contempt. Contempt. Yeah. Yeah. Only because, uh, like, a lot of the damage stuff is is great, but once they drop Ripjaw Raptor, you literally just want to cry. Because it's like, ah, I have to drop all of my energy on this on this card, and they're still going to draw a card, and I lose a card. Like, this really sucks. I, uh, but but mostly it'll probably just be Lightning Strike, uh, Magma Spray will still be pretty good, uh, Harness Lightning will be good, and I think the just straight up kill spell will be like the Vraska's Contempt type thing, unless there's one that I'm missing, like Doomfall or something uh, like that. I think Fatal Push is still very much near oh, the yeah, top, yeah, and, I, yeah, and very, very Cast yeah, Out is push. kind of the white Vraska's Contempt, sort of. Yeah, Fatal Push, um, what was the other one? Uh... A braid is still really good. Walk the plank, not good. <laughs> I yeah, I don't. That's definitely a sideboard card, but it's not. I don't know if it's good enough to play it main deck. Uh, next question. RN Tazzy looking to try standard again. Is there a cool combo deck for the format? Also, what is the best non-MTG dinosaur? Well. If you want to combo in standard, I would look for some sort of Paradox Engine deck or Aetherflux Reservoir deck. Those are the most combo-y decks. There's a couple that we've played for different series, so you can probably look those up. But those are the most common combo decks. They're definitely fringe, but you can definitely kind of go infinite with them. Dinosaur-wise, I'm going to go Littlefoot, I think, from Land Before Time. I remember that one from when I was a kid, at least. Oh, I forgot all about that. I was That's like, the only one. dinosaur I could That's think of is one. Barney. <laughs> <laughs> I think Littlefoot beats Barney. What about uh, the T-Rex from the newest Jurassic Park? You're going late. That's like... Who, what is it even that called? It was like the the, the, the one that came back and saved like everyone. Spoilers. Oh, <laughs> wait. So yeah, but it doesn't have like a, it's like just generic Tyrannosaurus Rex. Do either of you guys remember? Man, I have just like kind of fleeting memories of this oh, from when I was younger, about the, but some sort of like dinosaur sitcom yes, where they're the, with, with the suits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> Oh, that was, I actually uh, watched that a lot. Well, oh, yeah. Oh man, the, the, man, we had some weird stuff. Back then. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, now I need to Google this. I remember was it this. Just dinosaurs? I remember this. It, was it on, might have just been called. Dinosaurs. I think it was. Ju- I think it was yeah, just, just like dinosaurs. dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just dinosaurs. I'm also gonna go land before time. I'm gonna say Petrie. Spike too. Shout out How to Spike. How do you guys remember all the characters from yeah. before time? <laughs> it I was a great it, movie. I don't remember all of this. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, people check out dinosaurs. I'm sure you can find clips of it on YouTube. You you miss? Yes, dinosaurs is a pretty weird show, but uh... yeah, Barney represent. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Barney actually too. Shout out to Barney. Why not? Are there no more famous dinosaurs? There's got to be another famous dinosaur. Uh, hmm. Oh, wasn't there also there was like uh, We're Back or something like that? There was also like an animated movie with dinosaurs, and it was like in New York City. I think the main character was like Rex or something like that. That was a good movie too. You lost me. I don't get. <laughs> I don't remember this. Oh, no, I don't you don't remember, remember that movie? We're Back. A, li- a live action or a cartoon? Shout out to We're Back. If anyone, 
it was a it was a like a live action slash cartoon movie. If anyone actually remembers that movie, kudos to them. And if you comment and you know about We're Back, then you definitely are. You definitely grew I'm up in the at right the, era. Uh, poster. <laughs> it is a real thing, but I don't remember this at all. Nineteen ninety three. All right. Yep. Next question. Bruno Alzuguire, what is the worst mirror match? Gideon Tribal or Soul Sisters? Soul Sisters. How do you even win in a Soul Sisters mirror? Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> Norin. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know either. It'd be on the on the draw? Right. No, play. It'd be on the play, right? <laughs> Oralov thirty one is what lead to dinosaurs, but Arlen Cord should have been to werewolves. Ah. Uh. Sore subject. Yeah, I think so. Hey, Arlen yeah, Cord is still a hundred times better than Werewolf Guy, whose name I forgot because he's so irrelevant. Yeah, Ul- <laughs> Ulrich. Ulrich. Yeah, I liked Arlen Cord. It was a real shame that card never went anywhere. All right, since it won't reprint dual lands and they're getting more expensive, could you create a new fair dual land good for legacy? Uh, legendary or snow covered. Those are the easy ones. No, apparently you could just do flip cards that turn into dual lands, because that's functional. Uh, but you can't fetch them, even if you even if they literally just flipped, you couldn't fetch them, making them totally useless. (laughs) Yes, I I think I think Shocklands are pretty good. I think Shocklands are are, are a very good fair version. I don't know what else you could do aside from making just straight up better ones. Literally the same one but one damage. That's I don't just know. like it's a literally better the version. same card but one damage. I think two life is pretty yeah. fair. I think that yeah, and I think that's the close you could possibly get. They ping you. I mean, you can make like tribal. It enters the battlefield tapped unless you control a merfolk or something. Ooh, yeah, that could work. And Ooh. you can fetch it. Yeah, wait, wait wanderwine yeah. hub. And you can fetch it. Like okay, okay. Or yeah. make like commander specific ones. Like if you. Don't control a commander whose color identity is red or something. Bury this when it comes into play. And by bury, I mean destroy. <laughs> Wait, that wouldn't even work in Legacy, would it? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> but it would work for yeah, commander, okay. right? Legacy, but it would <laughs> work in <laughs> commander. commander. Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of options for commander, I think. All right. Uh, those are all of our questions. So thank you, everyone, for sending them in. Uh, if you have any future questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishmail. Sounds great. Uh, gentlemen, we are overtime, so that is going to wrap it up for this week. Enjoy the pre-release this weekend. It is this weekend, yes. right? Yeah. And uh, tell us about the pre-release. Tell us your stories. Tweet us pictures. Tweet, tweet us sweet polls. We love to hear it. Uh, but that is going to do it for this week. This is the MTG Goldfish crew signing out. We will see you all next time.